And so I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to take the job, whatever, you know, even though I like got weird vibes from the guy from that conversation. Mm -hmm. So I started and I'm like immediately, oh my God, this job is awful. It was so boring, Megan. Like I legitimately, (laughs) like it took everything in me to just... party people with your favorite host Meg that sounded out of order today I'm sorry I feel off I don't know um anyways happy Monday everybody or Tuesday Wednesday Thursday I realize that never everyone listens to them as I post them but whatever day it is for you happy day and I hope you are starting your day off strong it's week two of January so hopefully you've kind of gotten into those new year's resolutions I told you guys that I'm trying to expand my social circle and, you know, just meet as many people as possible because that's just something that I want to do. And I completely forgot that I never told you guys the story. This goes back to, like, fear of judgment, fear like, failure, all that good stuff. Um, so, like, five months ago, I hopped onto Bumble BFF, which I've never had a good experience with it. I'm just going to warn you. Okay, listen, I don't mean to be judgmental at all. So don't take that for this. But the people on Bumble BFF are typically just not the type of people that I would hang out with, okay? So, you know, scrolling through, obviously any sort of platform like that, whether you're dating or looking for new friends, is very much so looking based on looks. And based on the looks of these gals, you know, not necessarily compatible. Um, and on top of that, a lot of them are, you know, here's my red flags on, on dating for friends. Um, one, if they only have like mirror pics or selfie pics, that's just kind of weird. I don't know. I, I don't know what just turns me off. Two, if you post anything in your bio that's like, oh, I only hang out with my boyfriend. Nope. Sorry. I, nope. If you, if you're one of those like attached at the hip to your boyfriend kind of thing, no. Nope. Single girl over here. I don't need that in my life. That's two. And three is, actually, there's not a third. Those were just the two. Well, anyways, um, I did actually meet one cool girl. She's really cool. I like her a lot. And we're just, we're actually friends from it, but she's the only cool person I've ever met on there. But I did see this girl from SLU, and it said that she had moved to the city. And mind you, when I say this girl from SLU, I ha- I'm friends with her on social media. I have her Snapchat. Like, I-, I definitely see her stories. So I was like, oh my god, I didn't realize she was moving to Chicago. You know what? I'm just gonna go message her on Instagram and see if she'd want to hang out. I sent her this really sweet text like, hey, hope you moved in nice, whatever. Like, I didn't realize you were moving to Chicago. I saw you on Bumble BFF, lol. Would love to hang out um, sometime. This girl read it and didn't respond. (laughs) So, moral of the story is not only does Megan get rejected from men, (laughs) evidently Megan gets rejected from girls too. So, guys, what am I doing? Can can somebody tell me? So, yeah, that's just a fun little story for your morning or afternoon or whatever it is for you. Um, But just remember that, you know, next time you want to shoot your shot, maybe probably in dating aspects, just remember that Megan can't even make friends. So, (laughs) okay, let's jump into it. Um, Today I have a great episode for you. I interview Nicole, who I reached out to via LinkedIn. Gotta love that LinkedIn. Um, One of her posts went... (laughs) <laughs> I almost just said viral. Is that appropriate to say viral on LinkedIn? 
I don't know. That's more of a TikTok thing. Well, one of her posts blew up. That's probably better. And in her post, it was just talking about how she struggled with with the pandemic making her lose her job, and then she was just kind of trying to figure it out. And so I reached out to her, and I was, I just said, like, I really liked your uh, message, whatever. Would you like to interview? And she was super, super friendly, got back to me right away. So have a great episode here. I think this episode is fantastic because it really emphasizes what I'm trying to drive in that all those little, you know, pieces connecting you to where you're supposed to be. Her story highlights that so well. Um, Whether it's, you know, the fact that she did lose her job in COVID or all these small things that looked, seemed very frustrating in the moment, but ultimately you know, change the trajectory of where she was heading, I think is so, so big in this story. So I hope you guys enjoy. Today, hey everybody, I have Nicole here with me. Um, Nicole, if you want to go ahead and give a little introduction of yourself um, and the floor is yours. Absolutely. Well, my name is Nicole. Uh, I live in Southern California and I'm originally from Germany. I moved to Seattle when I was 14 and moved down to Southern California about eight years ago with my wife. Um, I absolutely love anything animal related, very passionate about dog rescue. Um, I pick up streets or dogs on the street of LA all the time and oh, really? uh, walk through them. Yeah. Oh, that's, wait, is, it, is that yeah. scary? Like, no, not at all. No? No, okay. I mean, if they want, if they want to be helped, you know, yeah. or if they're hungry enough, you know, then, then they'll say, Hey, who are you? Okay. I yeah. trust you. <laughs> Let me in your car. Um, let's see here. I have two chihuahuas that are rescue babies, of course, and, uh, they're amazing and hilarious and, uh, they travel everywhere with us, which I love traveling. And, uh, um, yeah, I say outside of that, that's, that's about, that's about it for now. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So quick question. Um, you said yeah. you came here from Germany when you're 14 is a lot of your family back in Germany or do you have family around here? Um, most of my family is in Texas. I oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. My mom is, was an only child and, uh, and then her parents passed when she was younger. So, uh, yeah, I have friends back there and, mm-hmm. and what I would consider like my second family or second parents over in Germany still, which are amazing people. Um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, no family, unfortunately. Okay. Would you ever consider going back to Germany or are you stuck? Oh there? yeah, absolutely. No, oh, yeah. for sure. I, I plan on traveling Europe at some point in time and mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say move there. I don't know what the cards hold, but, yeah. um, I definitely, I have a route that's actually planned out to take like the outer loop of all the EU countries. And Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I so. might need to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I love Europe. So I would gladly take that up. Oh yeah. Uh, Land in Portugal and just do like a whole loop uh, for Spain and Greece and Germany and France. Yeah. I've got that a little sounds out. incredible. Yeah, COVID. All right. Maybe, maybe, COVID, yeah. Right? Maybe when this podcast <laughs> takes off, I, I'm going <laughs> to take advantage I like of that. It. You can yeah. work from there then. <laughs> um, great. Okay. So like I said, if you want to just go ahead, start off wherever you really want. Um, if you think college is a good point based on if you did do college or, um, I mean, I moving to America when you're 14 might also play into it, whatever you want to start with, um, go ahead and then we can just kind of get the ball rolling. Okay. And is this more professional journey kind of? Yeah. Yeah, definitely professional. But I mean, if there's other like personal things that you'd like to pitch in there, then that's fine too. Okay. Just so I know what the goal is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, well, I would say, 
Sorry, I'm a little nervous. Um, no, don't be. <laughs> <laughs> well, my parents were not well off. I grew up an army brat. And so, um, you know, I had to figure out my way through college. And so right out of high school, um, I'm a trumpet player. And so I auditioned for the army band. And so I joined the military when I was 17 um, to get college paid for. So luckily, you know, I have a degree and no college debt, which not a lot of people mm -hmm. can say luckily, but um you know, I, I served for 10 years and, um, it's kind of where I built a lot of the, I guess, grit or discipline that I, that I've had throughout my, I don't know, adult life. Um, while I was doing that, I was going to school. Um, I did full-time college army part-time and then a full-time job at Verizon. And oh so <laughs> I was busy. Talk about grit. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was like, you got to do what you got to do. And when you're yeah. in your 20s, it's kind of like, man, whatever. I still have yeah. time for partying and everything, you know, <laughs> good, good. 20 year old out there. Priorities, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, who cares if you're going partying and then going to work? It's like, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, let's see here. After Verizon, um, I went to Sprint for like six years. And uh, actually, no, that's a lie. I went to HTC. So I worked for a phone manufacturer, um, which is the job that got me down to Southern California. Um, okay. and so I covered like the whole West region, um, for that job. And in Seattle, I was doing like retail mostly. So to go from working with your own team and your own employees and that kind of stuff, like to handling like thousands of stores and dealing with owners of businesses, it was like a huge transition. Um, but luckily, you know, my relationships at Verizon is what got me recruited and landed the job at the phone manufacturer at HTC. Okay. And I always joked that um, HTC is like the best phone you've never heard of. And yeah, so exactly. I honestly everybody has said. Samsung, everybody yeah. has iPhones, you know, and I love that dang phone. The speakers on it were so great. I know it's super nerdy, but, um, but yeah, I have an iPhone now, but. Okay. <laughs> so you made the trip. This oh yeah. Okay. People give me crap all the time. Nicole, you need to get an iPhone. I'm like, whatever. It's free, free. It's free HTC. Yeah. Um, but I, I met so many great people. It was like the best intro to Southern California because I got to meet so many people through Sprint and through T-Mobile. And I was covering mm -hmm. like all these different carriers and met a lot of really great people. And then through those relationships, I got recruited to uh, work for Sprint again. So like I kind of like hopped back and forth from Sprint to Verizon and just, you know, grew the corporate ladder really. Mm -hmm. Um and so, yeah, I worked for Sprint for six years, um, did a lot of account management for them. So I covered it about a hundred locations or so, oh, wow. um, throughout Southern California. And then, um, yeah, then the pandemic happened, T-Mobile bought Sprint, which, um, you know, we were told like, oh, you guys are fine. You're fine. T-Mobile needs us. Da, 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 da. And then mm -hmm. we get on this call and it's our president of our channel of Southern California. And he's like, so there's like no easy way to say this. But, oh, uh, <laughs> the hard drops. Yeah. They start off with like, you guys have been so great to us. We I love know. each and every one of you, but we're going to let yeah. you all go. Yeah. It oh, was like God. so weird. Cause it was like, you know, COVID had started in March and mm -hmm. like we were working from home and it was like super weird because it's like, we're like out in stores. We're very social for our jobs. Mm -hmm. So like to go from that to like sitting on a couch all day was like really weird, honestly. And, you know, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so depressing. Like I'm mm -hmm. just on the computer, like all day, you know? 
And so I found fitness because I needed structure. Honestly, like I was like, yeah. I need something to give me a routine. And I mean, luckily I lost 40 pounds through COVID. Most oh, that's awesome. Oh my God. Same. Wait, <laughs> time out. Backtrack. <laughs> I think I gained the 40 pounds that you I, lost. I so. hear that more often than losing yeah. weight. So, you know, you. it was just like, I, I had to find something. I had to find something because it was just like, you know, you go from having like a super social job and like, mm-hmm. you know, being out and about all the time and every day and seeing these people that you love and care about. And then you help them through their career to like, just nothing. And it was just like the strangest thing. And then yeah. like, it was, I think it was like June. So many people got laid off from sprint. It was 35,000 people got laid off from sprint. And so oh my God, there's this thing called the Warren act where if it's like a mass layoff, they have to give you a two month notice. And so we got the two month notice, which was great. But then it was like, Hey, by the way, you're still going to lose your job in two months. Mm -hmm. You know, like, good luck. How do I even sit here and do my work all day? Oh, Oh, and everybody else was getting laid off too. Cause it's like the restaurant industry shutting down entertainment, Mm -hmm. you know, movie, everything, everything's being shut down. So I'm like, how the hell am I going to find a job? Like everybody else is looking for work. So, you know, that was, that was a struggle. And I was like, thank God for the severance pay, you know, living in SoCal, it's expensive. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we pay for the lifestyle, we pay for the sunshine Mm -hmm. and we had this beautiful house in Long Beach. And then like, I think it was like a month or a month and a half later, my wife got laid off too. She's a chef and things are shutting down. And I was just like, what the hell are we going to do? I'm like, what are we going to do? Good God. I know. And we were like, well, do we like sell and buy a condo or Mm -hmm. do we like buy a tiny house? (laughs) Like we had like literally talked about every option. Do we rent, you know, like, but no, we don't have proof of income now. So what do we do? So I came up with this insane idea, um, to buy a camper and we sold our house. We sold our furniture. We sold our clothes. (laughs) We sold, our cars. I mean, oh my gosh. So like what everything. did you have at the, other than your little HT my, whatever my phone? <laughs> legitimately, my closet in the camper was like a foot wide and that was oh how my much God. closet space I had <laughs> to, so to go from like a walk-in closet to like a yeah. foot. And I was just like, okay, I need to really think about what I want to keep. You know? Yeah. Time <laughs> out. Did, did, did this take some convincing for your wife or was she all, like all on board as well? She was because we knew that like, we couldn't afford our house anymore. You know, she was like, well, we have to do something. And, you know, and we were like, well, maybe like, cause we'd moved down here. So we were like, we're not scared of moving. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like our childhood friends are here, you know, kind of a thing. Like in Seattle, it was harder for her to leave Seattle because that's where she grew up her whole life. Okay. And so like from here, it's just kind of like, yeah, we've got lots of great friends, you know, but it's like, should we go explore? Should we go see if there's something else out there? And she was like, yeah, let's do it. So, and honestly too, with the way social media connects us all, it's not like you're losing touch with the people that you leave. So yeah, it's like, we picked up where we left off when we Mm -hmm. came back to SoCal. So, you know, we, we looked at campers, we looked at trucks, we looked at everything. We decided, you know, all right, this is what we're going to do. The day we closed on the house was December 2nd. And that was when we took off on the journey, um, you know, in the camper. And I had this route, around the U.S. It was supposed to be like a whole loop around the whole U.S., but Mm -hmm. um, people don't tell you this, but buying a camper brand new is like the worst thing in the world 
because since the pandemic started, right? I see your face. Yeah. Well, well, well <laughs> because, because if you look through my Instagram right now, you'd see like van life squad everywhere because that's it's not as glamorous. A a of mine. <laughs> so, no. okay. Yeah. If, if <laughs> you buy, mental note. <laughs> buy it used, buy it used okay. because since the pandemic and a buddy of mine works in the RV industry, he's actually the one who sold us the RV, but he's, he didn't even tell me like the bad news about okay. it. Um, and so the RV sales industry has catapulted. It's like 4,000% higher in sales than it was in 2019. Oh my God. So you add in being short staffed, low on product, low mm-hmm. on building. They're literally just slamming these things together. They don't care about the quality. I mean, there's like all this shit that breaks. Sorry. All this no, stuff. No, that that's breaks. okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> it's just like, oh my gosh, we drove it off the lot, Megan. And it only had one outlet working in the camper, one outlet in the whole thing. And we didn't discover that. Brand new. The, yeah. Brand new. Brand oh new. Oh my goodness. The, the thing that like slides in and out, it was pinching the wire. And so it pinched the wire and it just shorted all the outlets out. And so we were like, what the hell do we do? And they're like, you're going to have to make a warranty appointment. I'm like, well, we just believing (laughs) (laughs) brand new. Like it doesn't even have a mile on it. Like literally. Oh my God. So, yeah. So we had to wait for three months to get a warranty appointment because everybody else is going through the same thing. Mm -hmm everybody. So I'm like, okay, how do I plan this on the route? Cause we're not going to stop. I'm like, where are we going to be at in three months? Okay. Mm-hmm. It looks like we'll be in Texas. So I'll call Texas places to see if they have a warranty appointment available. So I found one luckily mm-hmm. in Austin, no, in San Antonio. I'm sorry. So we go up the West coast. We go through, wait, like, sorry. I, I was going to okay. pause really quick. Um, yeah. just throwing in a question. So at this point, were you doing some sort of remote work or, no. or were you guys just going off of savings? It was our money from our house, savings, unemployment, which wasn't a lot, but mm-hmm. it at least paid the bills. Okay. And so you guys were strictly traveling to travel at this point. We were traveling to find a new home and to find work. Um, gotcha. For me, I was looking for remote work the entire time, like okay. 40 plus 50 plus jobs a week. I was applying like there was just nothing coming through all over or were you, were you looking at a specific niche? Remote. Yeah. I mean, I was looking in sales. I was looking in account management. I was mm-hmm. looking at big companies. I mean, like really big companies. And I think because I was not applying in telecom and in, in cell phones that mm-hmm. I wasn't getting calls because everybody else that got laid off is applying in the same industry that they've been in forever and ever. They have their whole right. career. And so I'm like, hi, just give me a chance. Yeah. Yes, I promise I'll be worth over it. Here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm only 38, but Hey, I'm, I, I promise I'm worth it. You know? Yeah. And like, no jokes, just no calls, no calls at all. And it, w- that part was like so hard because I'm like rejection letter after rejection letter, like how much totally. can you take, you know? And then I'm planning, you know, obviously money and finances and trying mm-hmm. to stay under a certain budget, like no matter yeah. what. And so it was, it was definitely tough. And then like when we started having the issues with the camper and the weather and that kind of stuff, it was just like, like so much on the plate, like way more. Oh my gosh. I can only imagine. I I also don't think people realize too, when, (laughs) when, when 
people talk about the, the application process for all these jobs. I know a lot of people have connections and whatnot, so that's kind of how they get their foot in the door. But I don't think people realize how time consuming the job application oh. process is because it's not just submitting a resume. It's once you get the resume, you're on the phone with recruiters, you're doing research on the company. I mean, if you're applying appropriately, you're doing research on the company, you're trying yeah. to figure them out. So you have the right answers. It's not just a you know, submit my name and address and no. desired salary and go. So yeah. And if you are tailoring your resume, then right. are tailoring your resume and cover letter for every single application, mm-hmm. which that's like an hour on its own and right. in the application. You're filling out the same information that's on your resume on their system. So totally like you're doing double the work. You Did know? you have any um, coworkers that were having just as hard of a time with, as you were from your previous job? No, they all went back into telecom. So oh, okay. Yeah. They, they found work. I don't want to say relatively quickly, but I'd say within six months, Okay, severance lasted six months. So it was mm-hmm. like, it was decent timing for them. Yeah. Only, only one of my direct peers went into a different thing and he's a barber now and he loves it. So it's like, yeah, you know, good for you, but all the rest of them are all, all in telecom again. Yeah. So Which, did you see this as a good opportunity to kind of expand your horizons or were you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, so you, at this point you hard. kind of wanted to get out of it. I wanted to badly. It okay. was like, who wants to be up at four in the morning on Black Friday to go to oh, work? Yeah. You know, like no, who not me. <laughs> calls on Friday night at 9 p.m. when you're trying to just like enjoy your night, you know? Oh, okay. Like sales doesn't end. It never ends. It's always mm-hmm. a sales day. So mm-hmm. Sundays, there's an escalation, a pissed off customer, like you're answering the phone. And yeah. so like, even though you might be at home, like you're on call 24 hours a day, as long as the store's open. So mm-hmm. it was just like, I want something better. And I know everybody is like talking about this great resignation and all this stuff. Like, I feel like a lot of people have had this like epiphany of, you know, like this is my opportunity to really evaluate what's important to me and choose something instead of be forced into something. Totally. And I'm insane. I was trying to find a new home. I was trying to find my (laughs) wife work at the same time, you know, like trying to figure out like how I'm going to make all the financial part of it work as well, because, you know, like not everybody lost their job, but our, our unemployment, there's no way in hell it would have covered our mortgage. So it was Mm -hmm. like, we had no choice. Yeah. I mean, unless we wanted to go broke and literally waste our entire savings account, which yeah, not ideal. No, not at all. It's like, yeah, "Yeah, good. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, Okay. Sorry. So take me back to, take me back to the little, the little (laughs) circle around the U S route. Yeah. Yeah. So So you're applying just to get our audience back on, on, uh, page with everything. So you were, oh, you had so- your warranty thing in Texas <laughs> for yes. the stupid outlets. So when we got to, so we went up the West coast, which is beautiful. Of course, you know, PCH up through like Monterey and stuff. And we went and saw her family in Idaho, which was great. And then we went through Utah, which was negative three degrees. And this California girl doesn't own <laughs> clothes. So you had, had a closet had a that was all the two inches. So it was I had to I literally clothes. was like, I was outside taking pictures in a windbreaker with a tank top under it. I was like, oh my God, I'm shivering. <laughs> it was so stupid. But honestly, it was worth it. Bryce Canyon was absolutely incredibly beautiful with the snow on it. Um, and then we we kind of hauled hauled but down to Texas mm-hmm. <laughs> because we were like, we need warmer weather. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we visited my family in Texas, my grandmother, my cousins, and then we went into Austin and I don't know if you know, Megan, but, um, last February, there was like this giant storm through Texas. Did you hear about that? Is the that the power was- outage? Yeah. Storm? So, yes. So like 12 people died. It was that mm-hmm. bad. Like the, and 
I can't hold Texas to any fault. It never snows there. Why mm-hmm. would they be prepared for something like that? But we got stuck in that in a, in a camper where the walls are like this thin. Um, so no power, no water for six days. Oh my um, we are used to Seattle where things stay open if it snows. So we were like, Oh, we'll just go to the grocery store, get some food and like stock up. Right now grocery stores are closed. Everything's closed. I'm like, all right, so what's open the gas station. Let's go get some ramen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was disgusting. And some Twinkies. <laughs> <laughs> we literally had like gas station food for like, cause we only buy like what we need as we need it. The mm-hmm. fridge and the camper is small. You don't shove a bunch of stuff in there. You buy what you need as you need it. So, and we don't like to waste stuff. So it was just kind of like, all right, well, I guess we're living off of gas station chips and ramen and yay. Oh and this God. is great. So eventually, I think it was like three days in, um, we started rationing the water. We were using pool water from the RV park to like wash our dishes and like boil it. So it was safe to do that kind of thing. And oh like, my God, it was that bad. Like, oh, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. And Holy. we were only supposed to be there for seven days. And mm-hmm. because the storm was so bad, we couldn't leave <laughs> the RV park called legit. And they were like, uh, so when are you guys leaving? And we're like, we can't, um, uh-huh. in case you haven't looked outside, <laughs> <laughs> are you guys calling from Texas? Or are you from a contact center up in New York? <laughs> right. Like, are you in Hawaii right now? Yeah. Like, uh, and so I, I told them, I was like, well, we can't, so we'll leave as soon as we can, you know? And they were like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you're going to be charged per day. And I'm like, I expect that even though nothing works here, right. They still charge us full price, which was ridiculous, but oh my yeah. God. I know it was so silly. Yeah. And then when we get to San Antonio, we discover our, well, actually, no, we discover this during the storm. Our water pump broke on the camper, our toilet broke. Um, imagine a bucket. And that's all, all I'm going to say because oh, we my God. Actual toilet. So, <laughs> you know, thank God for this appointment already being in place because we went in with only one issue and mm-hmm. like, you know, once we left Austin, it was like, all right, we've got like 20 issues to add to the list. Yeah. So I planned on being in San Antonio for like a week, maybe. And so, yeah, two weeks we're like, okay, we need to move. This is so boring. Like Mm -hmm. San Antonio is not very exciting. You can only do the river walk so many times, (laughs) you know, you can only ride the same bike trail so many times. Mm -hmm. So after six weeks of waiting, Finally, finally, we got the camper fixed. Oh my God. Go <laughs> out of Texas. I don't so, think my wife has driven faster. <laughs> <laughs> so it's safe to say that you very quickly crossed San Antonio off of your oh, yeah. list of oh, yeah. potential After places six to live. Weeks and people are like, oh, I love San Antonio. I'm like, why? Yeah. Totally. So, and then obviously all mid COVID. So like things are closed down there's not a lot to do. So mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were very, very excited to get out of Texas. I'm sure. And yeah. And then we stopped in new Orleans, which was like the exact opposite. Everything just opened up. There was like our, our first naked ladies back in the streets. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. No, (laughs) but I did hear some people say that it was kind of like Mardi Gras because, um, like it just opened up like the weekend before. Uh-huh. And so it was just kind of like, oh my gosh, like people are dancing and there's like music and like we cried because it was just like emotional. It was like, yeah, oh my God, there's so much like, 
oh, we can breathe. And yeah, that's was- so funny because I remember when COVID had first hit or like when we were in that waiting period where it was like, okay, when is like the day that we can say uh-huh. everything's over? So it sounds like you oh, almost weeks. got that little celebration oh, type thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before it was kind of like it didn't even exist, which mm-hmm. was kind of weird and scary and fun at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. It was like a mixed emotion situation, but yeah. Um, we discovered on our way to New Orleans, you're going to laugh at this, Megan, that the guy who fixed the refrigerator, uh, caused a gas leak in it. And so, (laughs) oh my God, I'm like, all right, where are we going to be at? I did the same thing, planning the route. All right. Uh So I'm like, well, two months or so we'll be kind of in Orlando. We were thinking, okay, we'd really like Florida. So why don't we just plan it in Orlando? It was like three months out. Mm -hmm. So I extended every single stay around the coast of Florida by like three or four days each so Mm -hmm. that we could get to Orlando in time. So, I mean, we saw some beautiful places in Florida. I mean, it was was gorgeous. The water's incredible. I wasn't a huge fan of the people to be totally frank. Um, Mm -hmm. There was just like a lot, there was some discrimination there and in Texas and San Antonio, unfortunately. And we were just like, man, the two places that we were thinking of living, like, we just don't feel like we fit in, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and unfortunately that's how it was, but, um, so a little bit of a blessing in disguise that you guys got to actually experience it and not just, uh, cause I think any weekend vacation somewhere is going to look all glamorous, but when you actually have to sit there and stay and actually, you know, live there. then Yeah. And we, we kind of did for like three months because it was like, we don't have a choice. We need to get this fixed. And this was the soonest appointment I could find. So we just stuck it out. So were you, so during all this, you were also still applying or were you kind of of putting that on the, Oh my God. (laughs) So, so timeline wise, where are we at now? Cause you said it was what June that you stopped working at your other company or June June when they let you know. December is when we left and I was officially, um, my severance ran out on the 23rd or the 20th of December. And so like okay. after that, and we saved as much as we could, you know, from that for the road, cause we didn't want to tap into the money from the house. Mm-hmm. And so like I was applying every week for at least 30 jobs, you know, and oh my gosh, unfortunately Lynn's couldn't work because everything was closed. Restaurants right. aren't open. Chefs can't so work. She was looking again for, for chef Of course. Yeah. And we were looking in cities that we would possibly want to live in. So like before we got to Austin, we were looking in Austin for her before we got to Fort Lauderdale. We were looking at Fort Lauderdale, Miami area, you know, like we were targeting certain cities because we were like, Oh, we think we're going to like living there. Or we think Mm -hmm. we might like it there enough to live there. Yeah. Unfortunately that didn't happen. We were like kind of just burnt out on the whole thing. Um, unfortunately because of the warranty issues, because it was just kind of like, we weren't on our own timeline at right, all. Like we right. were on the warranty timeline. And so once the warranty issue was done with Orlando, we were kind of like, oh, we can breathe and be on our own schedule. And mm-hmm. so that was kind of like when the fun started, even though we were already five months in, six mm-hmm. months in. So you asked timeline Florida. I think we got to in like February or March. Okay. Um, probably closer to March, I think. Um definitely March because February was the Texas storm. So from March, April, May, I think we left there like end of May, beginning of June. So yeah, finally, finally we're out of Florida, but we were like on the road for like 12 or 13 hours that day. Oh, we, were wow. like, okay. we were getting out of Florida today, two days. Yeah. We were, <laughs> yeah, we were just like so stuck, you know? 
so after that, of course, still applying for jobs, no calls, you know, like it's, that was like so stressful above anything. Cause I was like, Oh, I'll find a job in like three or four months, you know? Mm-hmm. And by that time, like that timeline had already passed. And so like, I was trying to hit a budget, you know, like per night, I originally planned on $60 a night for lodging at mm-hmm. an RV park. And luckily, because I'm a veteran, I like milked those discounts like crazy, <laughs> like very, very much. So I did any, any type of discounting I, I could find, I did it. And, mm-hmm. um, luckily we ended at like 35 bucks a night. So I was well oh, wow. under budget. Yeah. Which that's was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then we started moving, like, we just decided, okay, like our timeline is kind of running out. Cause we've been on the road for six, seven months now, like, were so behind on our route that we were supposed to take. By that point, we were supposed to be like somewhere near Maine and we were not even close to Maine. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, okay, we need to make some decisions. So we skipped out on the entire East coast and the Northeast because we wanted to stick to a certain budget and, you know, and, uh, on the way back, I got a call from my old coworker, um, from sprint. And he was like, Nicole, there's a role open where I'm working. And, uh, he's like, you should definitely apply. At least you have a referral, you know? And by that point, I think it was like 11 months or something that I've been looking for a job. And mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, like I'll apply. Yeah. What's one and, more going to do? Yeah. What's <laughs> yeah. one more application? And I did get a call finally. I think that was like my first or second call for a job, like in almost a year. And oh it was insane. And I'm not applying for jobs that are like VP level, you know, right. I'm applying for like account manager, like totally like like the skills that I have for my jobs would just completely transfer over. I am mm-hmm. not applying for anything about my skill set. Very humble jobs, really. And um, and so I interviewed, and this was just like such a red flag. It took him like two months to get back to me on this job. I know. Oh <laughs> boy. Oh, I would have forgotten about it. <laughs> I kind of almost did, right? Because they're just like, okay, I guess I just didn't get the job. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. It was it, it was your coworker that took that long to get the back to you? The guy who interviewed me. Oh, the guy who interviewed my new boss. Yeah. Okay. So the hiring manager. Okay. And I had an interview with him as well as the VP of the organization. And he finally called me back and he's like, all right, Nicole, I want to make you an offer, but it's not going to be the job you interviewed for. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, tell me more, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, it's for like, um, managing call centers. And I'm like, okay, well, that sounds fine. I can do that. You know? And he's like, you know, I was really hesitant about hiring you. And I was like, well, what feedback do you have for me? And he's like, you really just came off as an unenthusiastic person. <laughs> He said that to you while he's giving you an offer. I know. <laughs> what? And I'm like, huh? Because <laughs> uh-huh. legit, I have never been called anything like that before. Like, yeah. Ever in my life. I'm, I'm saying in, I'm in the, in the like, 40 minutes that I've talked to you, I would not <laughs> expect that at all. So Right. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't, I can't turn down a job. So yeah. I need to like swallow my pride yeah. and just say, thank you. And so you start on. doing like some like cheers while you're like, I'll accept you know your job. Yeah. And <laughs> it's not like I was like on, on these type of zoom calls all the time either, you know, mm-hmm. like it was still very fresh and very new and like very weird and awkward. Like how do you build rapport without making eye contact with somebody or right. shaking your hand or, you know, body like, language, all of everything. that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? And so like, obviously I'm nervous, you know, like, I'm like, God, please just work. You know, I need this Mm -hmm. job so bad. 
And, you know, plus we were trying to find jobs so that we could get an apartment or a place to live. I mean, Mm -hmm. without proof of income, you don't get, you don't get approved. So she, she had gotten a job luckily, like almost like the minute we stepped foot in Southern California, because things started opening up and I'm like, that's great. Cool. That's fantastic timing. It was like right away, but we were still living in the camper. We still like we're in this 23 foot box with seven Mm -hmm. square feet of living space seven square feet. Like imagine your smallest bathroom ever. And that's what we Mm -hmm. were living in for almost a year. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to take the job, whatever, you know, even though I like got weird vibes from the guy from that conversation. Mm -hmm. So I started and I'm like immediately, oh my God, this job is awful. It was so boring, Megan. Like I legitimately, (laughs) like it took everything in me to just pay attention. It so was, what was, what were your responsibilities? Well, I managed three call centers. Um, one was in the Philippines, one was in the Dominican Republic, and then one was in, um, Mexico. Okay. And the boring part wasn't that that part was fine. The people I was working with were great. Mm-hmm. It was just the fact that it was such a monotonous job. And the, that same guy that interviewed me was pretty insulting to like everybody that he spoke to, including myself constantly, you know, oh I'm like nine or 10 days in. And he's like, Nicole, why don't you understand your job yet? And I'm like, cause I've been in retail for 20 years and this is yeah. a position. So please allow and me. You knew money. that hiring me. <laughs> well, oh my God. That's why he, that's why he said he hired me. Right. Is to like get fresh ideas. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I just need to suck this up. You know, like this is very odd, but okay. And like, it was like every call, it was just so insulting. He would only call me out for things. He would never call out anybody else or my peers if they made a mistake. And I'm just like, this is just the weirdest thing. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm being targeted or singled out and I don't know why it was very mm-hmm. confusing. And so I built some rapport with two of these women that I worked with. And I was, you know, we were on just like a a venting call at the end of the day. Yeah, my favorite girl, girl talk, right? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, guys, do you feel like he's like treating me differently? And they were like, yeah, like we've been kind of picking up on that. And, you know, one of them had just got gotten hired like a month before me. And she was like, I don't know why though. It's so strange. Like you're brand new. Mm-hmm. And then the other girl was like, yeah, now that you mention it. And I was like, what is it? And she goes, well, we had this guy come in and he left a couple months ago, but he was gay too. And he treated him like that also. You're kidding. And I was like, wait a minute. What? I was like, he left. And she was like, yeah. And the other girl replaced him. And so I was just like, oh my gosh. Well, I was like, that's not, that's not cool. Like, like, has this happened to anybody else, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and this isn't like a huge company. So it's not like a ton of people, you know, there's not, there's, there's not a lot of visibility. There's not a lot of people to train or any of that. I mean, there's only three people ever in the job that I had. So to give you some like context on Mm -hmm. how big this organization was. And so, you know, I asked more questions and she was like, yeah, now that I think about it, there's a few people at the call centers that have actually been gay too, and asked to not work with him anymore for those same reasons, because he'll embarrass them publicly on these conference calls with like 50 people there and they're just humiliated and embarrassed, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, who wants to work for somebody like that? Right. If I don't say something like, how am I supposed to work? like this for like the next five years, seven years, you know, like I don't take a job to just be there for a year or two and and leave. I want growth. I want to stay, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, 
And so I was like, there's no way I can do this job for even six months without wanting to just like throw my computer because I mean, everything's right. Now. right. So I talked to HR, you know, I let them know what was going on. They interviewed everybody on the team. Um, they interviewed the girls. And so I made this formal complaint to HR, knowing that this had happened before with this same man. Mm-hmm. And so they interview everybody. And while the investigation is going on, I get a call from toast and that's who the LinkedIn post was about really was just mm-hmm. like, they were my saving grace. And I had no idea yeah. at the time, but I was just like, oh my gosh, the timing, like the timing could not be better. So I interviewed five times with them. I mean, it was a lengthy process, mm-hmm. um, but everybody was fantastic and so nice and like welcoming and genuine. And I didn't get any weirdness from anybody that I you mean, no one to. told you that you're not enthusiastic enough for this new job, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I was just like, Oh man, to be called that was just like a punch to the gut. Yeah. Honestly. It was just like, what? Like I would never think that, but okay. Anyways, next, you know? Yeah. So the investigation concludes and I had already gotten the offer from toast, like two or three days before that or something like that. And so I knew that I'd be starting, but I just didn't know when. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the investigation finished up and they were like, all right, Nicole. So, you know, it's concluded. We haven't found any evidence of sexual orientation discrimination. Um, but we have found opportunities within his leadership style. So we're going to go ahead and keep him on board and, uh, and we're going to work with him on his leadership style. And I'm like, the gays are leaving (laughs) for lack of a better term. (laughs) Cause it's just like, we get in and then like that kind of treatment happens. Yeah. Like, okay, I need to leave. This is not okay. Like I don't fit in here. Mm -hmm. So I was told that on Wednesday before Thanksgiving, Monday morning, I went ahead and sent in an email and I just said, I'm resigning effective immediately. And of course, yeah, it was just like, I couldn't do it. There's no way. So life's too short to put up with BS like that. So it is, especially if there's another opportunity available, Mm -hmm. like I couldn't just leave without something, you know, but the timing was just perfect. Honestly, Mm -hmm. it really just was perfect. So that that call from toast, it was just a recruiter call. It was a recruiter call. And then, um, yes, truly how perfect you you had such a hard time hearing back from companies, but then this just kind of landed in your lap. Yep. And then interview after interview, it was just like, all right, we'll get back with you within 48 hours. It happened. Like literally it was just like everything they said they would do. They did. They did. Oh, that's awesome. And that's like, I I respect them so much for that Mm -hmm. already. And obviously every, every ounce of research I did, it was just like super inclusive. You know, the CEO is approved of by like 94%. Like Mm -hmm. you don't hear companies having like that type of CEO approval, like ratings from ex employees or current employees were great. Like there was not one ounce of anything negative that I could find. And and then obviously get this call. It was just like, Oh my gosh, like I need out of here. And so, um, yeah, I started with toast and I think I was like day two or day three, like this team that I was working with was just like, so kind, so humble, very smart people, like very diverse, you know, everybody has different backgrounds and you know, like when you're just like going through a really hard time and the worst question that somebody can ask you is how are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, guess what? <laughs> they asked me how I was doing. <laughs> yeah. And I just kind of like ugly cried on the call <laughs> because I was just like, 
I filled with gratitude and like this sense of relief. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was just like unbelievable that this happened in the timeline that it did. And yeah, I just, I, I couldn't have been more grateful, honestly, mm-hmm. the whole like, experience has been I'm insane. Say, just your whole, your whole career trajectory is to be like, all I keep hearing is that timing aspect, because there are so many pieces of the puzzle that fit in at the most perfect time. Oh, like yeah. I know the whole warranty thing was a little <laughs> pain in the butt, but oh, yeah. like the fact that you had the opportunity to actually live there rather than, you know, just start blindly putting out, pushing out applications to locations that you didn't necessarily want to be end up. And just the way that it all circled back to you guys. I mean, the fact that you get a call on your way back to home, what yep. are the chances of that one? Yep. And it all just seems to work out perfectly. Oh, and- it totally did. And now that I have a remote job, if we want to decide to travel again, we yeah. can just yeah. not in the MRV. We're not doing <laughs> RV thing ever again. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so, so where are you at now? Are you still doing RVing or no, is that, we got a place luckily. Okay. So like, the I, second- I was going to say, I could tell you're in a home. I didn't want to like, just make the assumption it or something here, but yes, yeah. um, the lighting isn't the great greatest. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I got the offer letter from the old company, uh, we had an apartment lined up that we wanted to okay. apply for. So, you know, it was like, we literally, oh, that was just so crazy too. We were planning on moving RV spots because you can only stay for like 30 days at a time in Southern mm-hmm. California. So it was like, all right, so this day we need to move. And I was just thinking, oh God, I really just don't want to move RV sites again. We already sold our truck. So we would have to rent a truck in order to move oh, the camper. Okay. And then I was thinking, okay, if we can find a place like this RV storage spot will be great because then it can just stay there until it's sold. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, this lady was like, yeah, I want to buy the camper. And it was like, so last minute. And we were literally like the day before we were supposed to move from one RV park to another, she called and she was like, I want to buy the camper. And I was like, what? Like legitimately. And she's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'll send you like half the money now. And then I'll pay you the other half when I pick it up. And I was like, what? Like, okay. <laughs> holy moly. So we found an apartment, sold the camper and moved out of the camper and out of our storage unit and into an apartment in 48 hours. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. It was insane. And it was just like so fast, but talk about a life switch. My gosh. In oh, one yeah. year, I mean, you hear these crazy stories of people's yeah. lives changing in 2020 when COVID hit, but you did so much, so much in one year. That is unbelievable. It was a lot. It was definitely a lot, but I wouldn't change it. Yeah. I I, so it. I, I take it. You're very happy with where you're at now. Oh, toast is incredible. Like, yeah. I mean, if, if you're not familiar, it's a restaurant software company. So now every time you go out to eat, you're going to see toast as your POS system. When they're like, here, Megan, go ahead and cash out with this little thing. Uh-huh. And you put your credit card in it. That's toast. That's toast. Okay. Yeah. Or so, so what they, kind of work are you doing for them now? So I manage, um, it's called a restaurant success manager. And essentially uh, what that is, is after a restaurant or a group of restaurants decides to go with Toast as a POS system, and they do like all HR stuff, like payroll and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff too. So it's like this whole um, ecosystem essentially. Um, so once a salesperson sells it to a restaurant group, then I take care of them after the fact. So cool. So you still um, get that engagement that you were missing yeah. from your old, um, like sprint job. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. So I'll be working with like 60 different, they call them logos, but essentially that's like 60 different restaurant groups. And every okay. logo has anywhere from like 10 to a hundred locations or so. Wow. So, cool. um, 
Yeah. It, it's very similar to what I did at Sprint. It's just mm-hmm. in the restaurant industry. Yeah. I'm pretty sure having a wife as a chef helped me a little bit in that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like a direct resource for restaurant questions. Um, yeah. so it gave me a little bit of a leg up, I'm sure, but, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's fantastic so far. Um, if you have time for one more question, I'd yeah. love to just get, if you had to give one piece of advice after this past year and a half to your journey, what would you want someone to hear that maybe would have helped you get through it all or um, something that you've learned that you just really want to spread to other people? I would say if you're struggling in any way, shape or form that something good is right around the corner. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like it. <laughs> Whether, <laughs> you might be struggling with a broken toilet, a broken refrigerator, a broken outlet, <laughs> a teeny oh, tiny man. closet, but you yeah. are on your way to bigger, better things. Yeah. And who knows how, how far away that corner is. Cause honestly mm-hmm. we didn't know, but, um, you know, it was worth the wait and, mm-hmm. and I can confidently say that. So, you know, even when the world felt like it was crumbling down, you know, would I look back and change any of it? Absolutely not. So yeah. Yeah. I'm very, very happy. And, um, and it's, it's nice to feel like revived again, you know, like totally somebody wanted me as a, as an right. employee too, you know, so it felt good. That's amazing. That sounds great. Thank you so oh, much. No, you've been fantastic. Thank yeah, you so much. Megan. You. I hope you have a so great so night. Okay. Thank you. So nice <laughs> meeting you, Nicole. You. Bye. Honey. Bye. Alrighty, there you have it, people. What a great interview. I hope you guys enjoyed. As I said in the beginning, I think that this story was just fantastic. It highlighted all those little pieces that were so critical to her journey. I think it's so interesting that, you know, everyone always says, I want to move, I want to move, which I know I say that all the time. And that's really what Nicole was trying to do is figure out where she wanted to move to with her little travel um, or traveling in that camper. And it's, it's crazy because the two places that she wanted thought were high on her list for potential places to live she got a chance not by choice but she got a chance to live there because of the damn camper breaking down but it made her realize hey this is not where I want to be so I think that's super cool I also think obviously just like the whole idea of that recruiter calling and then that amazing job just landing in her lap after you know that year of trying it's just that persistence and grit like she said of just keep checking along you know it'll figure itself out it might not seem like it right now, but breathe because stressing out about it isn't isn't helping you. So, yep, I hope you guys had or really enjoyed that. And I hope you guys have a wonderful day. As always, follow What Now Megan on Instagram. Go ahead and share this episode with a friend. Hit that follow button. Hit that like button. Actually, I think it's a star on Spotify. Go hit that star. I think I'm the only one who's rated this, up, this podcast, but that's okay. Go do life, people. Grab that bull by the horns and you ride it.